So welcome to the Christmas version, holiday version of How's Your E-Presence on Business Radio X. E-Presence manages social media for professionals who desire to enhance and strengthen their personal e-brands. Alongside Dr. Deborah Dietzler, I'm Mark Galvin. We're coming to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. And we are very excited today to play host to David Tanner. David Tanner is a business consultant with Dale Carnegie Training. The company is built on the principles of all the of all-time best-selling book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And what a great book to think about for this holiday season as we wrap up our Christmas intro. I just had to do that, by the way. Sorry for all of you guys. I am so excited about Christmas, and I've got uh, kids that are jumping all over trying to uh, make this day get here sooner. So let me continue to talk a little bit more about David. So David's a good friend of ours, and he comes to us again from Dale Carnegie Training. What they do there is uh, they are communicating with and influencing people that have a uh, have been a career passion, or this has been a career passion for David. David, I'm killing this today. <laughs> Quite all right. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll press on here. Prior to joining Dale Carnegie Training, David spent 20 years in corporate marketing working on brands such as Healthy Choice, Kids Cuisine, Pass Ale, Bell South, and Wells Fargo. The most important thing of any of those brands has their relationship with their customer. David's current position is an extension of that. Now, he helps people learn the skills and behaviors that help people them help that help them build business relationships with customers, coworkers, partners, employees, and investors. So, David, we are thrilled you're here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Deborah. Absolutely. And Deborah, Glad to have you. Yeah, welcome, Deborah. Welcome back. You missed the last show. I did. You were on the seven C's. That is correct. Having a wonderful trip away. So we're glad that you're back with us and, and it's tanned. good. It's good to be back. Glad that you're here. So let's talk a little bit about some interesting things that are going on for 2018. And uh David, join on uh, join us here as we talk a little bit about social media and you bring your expertise to the table. We'd love for you to to chime in here. First of all, we'll talk a little bit about LinkedIn. This is called the Do You Did You Know segment. And there are things that happen on LinkedIn that I don't think we all really necessarily read all the updates. So let's talk a little bit about something called the active status. So, Deborah, have you noticed that little green dot when you get into messaging inside LinkedIn? I have indeed. What do you very th- handy? Yeah. Do you know what that means? Have you figured that out yet? Well, I, I do know what it means because I've read ahead in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a really kind of a neat thing. And there's a, and I, 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 if you listen to our show before, I talk a lot about social media is in fact social. It, it continues to, to lend that way. Yes, LinkedIn is a professional format and it is focused on professionals. But as you look inside of LinkedIn, there's the messaging tab and it's it's a segment there it's at the bottom on if you're on your phone it says messaging if you're on your desktop all the icons are now similar with the new uh, user interface but once you get into messaging now there are little green dots or circles on each of your contacts there and this is letting you know if someone is a online so if there's a circle that means that they're online that means they're on their desktop so david if you wanted to talk to me and you saw that little circle that meant that I was available. And actually, I think I just I just backed that up. The, the circle, actually, I take that back. It's okay. Can, 
we can't fix that. It's, this, is, this is live. So the green circle means that they're on their mobile, right? The green dot means they're on their desktop, that they're ready to go. So you can communicate with them. Have you found that that works for you, David? Do you use the messaging piece inside LinkedIn at all? I do. I did not know that the, I knew the green dot meant that they were online, but I didn't know the difference between the message that they were on mobile versus on their desktop. Right. So that's, that's good to know. So why is that important? Well, it depends if I'm going to send them something really long. I'm not going to do it if I know they're on their mobile because it'd be very hard for them to read. Exactly. And something else to note, if I show that I'm on my mobile, chances are I may not be readily available. So I could send a message to someone, so I probably can't expect them to return the message immediately. So some important things there that that are good to know. If you don't like that feature, and so Deborah, if you don't want people to know that you're online, you can fix that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how you can fix that? No, I, I don't. But I, I do want to throw a little wrinkle into I the lo- conversation. That's why you're here. Right. Um, we're going to confess one of the, the deep e-presence secrets, and that's of the two of us. I'm the one who keeps tons of tabs open all the time. So I'm thinking right now. That is if, so true, if It way. is true, right. So yes. I'm thinking right now, if people were to look me up on LinkedIn, it probably looks like I'm there at my desktop because I walked away from the computer and just left everything a running. Yeah. And you probably have five messages sitting there. I might. I might. Um, So I I think always beware of the people like me who don't close things when they're done with them. And I, you know, and you bring an interesting point though. This is, there's something here and that is that if you are Looking to leverage LinkedIn in a really effective way, you may want to go into the settings inside LinkedIn and control that feature. Maybe you, maybe it should be off if you're going to be away from your desk. If you want people to know they can reach you, then make sure you're optimizing that mm-hmm. and that it represents your best uh, setting. What do you think are the expectations? I'm curious to get David's thought on this too. When you would see the, the green dot, I mean, would you then start to expect a response from someone immediately within an hour? What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on that when you see someone is online per se? Well, particularly with, with LinkedIn, I don't expect an immediate response. If I want to contact someone and, and get an immediate response, I'll use another method. I'll call them or, or That's maybe so text them. That's so 1990s. I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm old school. But I just, just like you who, you know, leaves it open, they've got several windows right. open. I do the same thing. So I'm not expecting an immediate response if I contact someone through social media. I mean, like me, I'm on Facebook. I'm on there once a month. That's a, that's a heavy usage month. Wow. Yeah. And I've gone in there and people say, Dave, you know, I'm doing this thing on Tuesday. I'm like, well, this is three Tuesdays later. So I guess I'm not going to be there. <laughs> going to miss that one. <laughs> so I, I don't expect immediate response when I send somebody a message um, through LinkedIn. And I don't send anything that requires immediate response. It's more informational, you know, yeah. have you seen this or something like that? So I'm not expecting that immediate response, especially if it's someone who I don't have a regular conversation with. So David, you, you've got a cell phone and, and I know you're married and kids. Where do you reach your wife? If you're sending us some sort of uh, electronic message where you want a quick response? If I want a quick response, yeah. I, will, I will call her. And then if okay. she doesn't pick up, I will text her. And oh, say, Because wow. <laughs> she might be in a meeting or on a conference call. Okay. And I'll just say, you know, I need an immediate response for this. And then she could, then she can make a decision as to what she's going to do. Right. So you, you're focused on texting if it's, if it's not a regular phone call, which by the way, I think it's really interesting that you would call her first. I'm texting my wife before I call her. 
I often will make sure that she's available through text. And it's just, and I'm a nerd, by the way. I live with my phone. So that's why I do that. My wife sends me text messages in the basement, regrettably. Is that a bad thing? Maybe, is this confession? I've done that. So, and, and you communicate. <laughs> not to you, I mean, yeah, to my husband. Well, you, you send know. me text messages that's, frequently, that, too. Well, that's We're true. on Slack, yes. oftentimes. But, but I mean, I can be in the house and I don't want to go down two flights of stairs. And so I'll just text him with my question or, okay, please report to me upstairs. I need you for computer problems. So there is this, <laughs> there is this immediate thing about texting that we're used to. I think that's where LinkedIn wants to go. I, mm-hmm. I think that they are, they're trying to leverage the messaging system so that we feel like it is more an extension of our daily life. The more often we get onto LinkedIn, the more right. robust that system will be. That's what they're searching for. If you go into Facebook and there's Facebook Messenger, Facebook Messenger, especially for Android users, is a, uh, they really have that system set up like it is a texting system. It's, it's uh, that uh, the iPhone Messenger, what is the, uh, uh, the iMessage feature on the iPhone is that system which exclusively sends messages across the internet versus using uh, SMS. And Deborah, you're on, a, on an Android. Do you use uh, Facebook Messenger on your Android? I don't generate messages from it, but an awful lot of people send me Facebook exactly. messages and I will respond to them off of the Android. And you and I had a little conversation about this yesterday and, and obviously we will continue to talk about this in the future, but there are now so many ways to reach a person that it, it really can be challenging to keep up with all these different methods. It is. And I'm always worried that something's going to slip through the cracks. So I, I think it's a good idea if someone reaches out to you on one of the platforms where you're not particularly active, like David is suggesting, that you just sort of very politely say, the best way to reach me is email Here. or the sure. best way to reach me is text. I tend to respond to those things faster because I am worried that that particularly with those Facebook messages, sometimes if I'm not catching it, it, it could wait not a month, but it could certainly wait a couple of days because I tend to respond faster to email and, and of course, text messages as well. Right. Yeah, I think that, um, I think Facebook, uh, LinkedIn is trying to do what Facebook is doing, making right. their messenger program a little more active. I think that's a good idea because certainly one of the criticisms I've heard from people that we've run into around town about LinkedIn had been that you can send someone a message and you don't hear back from them. And, and I think you know, people are looking, everybody wants to be heard. So sure. I think there's a lot of, of people who maybe even abandoned LinkedIn because they felt like that function was not useful and they looked for another place to have that communication. So right. this, this hopefully could address those issues. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's still, LinkedIn appears to be a very good place to reach out to people. Most of the comments I get is that folks get about uh, eight out of 10 communications they put on LinkedIn, they get a response to. So it's still a great place right. to, to yep. reach out to people. So let's shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that are going to happen in 2018 on LinkedIn. Uh, I would like to credit a lot of this uh, content to uh, social media today. You can find them at socialmedia.com. And they brought up some very interesting points in a re- recent article that I, I'd like to highlight. One of those that is, is that in 2018, LinkedIn is going to become even more so the premier job search tool. I, I think that we can all agree that LinkedIn is probably the ultimate database on human, for re, human resources professionals and for recruiters, or as some people will call them as, as headhunters. They are, LinkedIn is, is doing, a, really preparing a lot more 
back-end support to make that system more robust. What does this mean? This means that if you're not on LinkedIn and the average length of time, that the tenure of people in a job today is four years, you're not on LinkedIn, you're missing an opportunity from being noticed by that new firm. Uh, have you guys experienced that at all? And, and do you know people that have been able to leverage LinkedIn to find a brand new position without any connections at all? Kind of a tough one, isn't it? There is, I, I can tell you this, I've, got, I've had a, a couple of folks that are clients of ours that have been pinged by people by looking at their profiles because their profiles are easier to find. And if you're optimizing your profile, you are going to find that people are reaching out to you more. And by the way, they're probably reaching out to them through LinkedIn, potentially through Messenger uh, or the messaging app there in LinkedIn. So keep that in mind. LinkedIn is really going to leverage that coming into 2018. Something else that's... I'm uh, sorry. Th- th- yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, did you raise your hand? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> teacher, teacher, he is sitting right me. across from me. It's not like I can't see him. And he is tall. So I, I, can't I have had um, both my wife and I have had um, recruiters, headhunters, whatever you want to call them, reach out to us through LinkedIn. You know, we have this position. Right. Are you interested right. in? So that has, that has happened because... I'm probably more active on LinkedIn than even Facebook where I'll go in and I'll look at it. I won't necessarily res- respond or anything like that, but I'll go in and I'll look at it because it's a good way for me to keep up professionally with people who I know, see where they are. Um, Cause it's usually something that people keep, you know, relatively updated. I've, I've noticed that when people change jobs, usually within a month or two, they'll update their LinkedIn. So you might not get, you know, they started on Monday, but, Within a month or so, they'll, they'll update their LinkedIn. And in fact, I was talking to uh, someone in alumni relations at, at Emory, and they said that they use the LinkedIn database as more accurate than their alumni database. Exactly. I would imagine. Because people will update that more frequently than they will, right. oh, I've got to update Emory and, you know, whatever other school I went right. to. Well, as someone who spent 23 years in alumni relations, that's not surprising because so many people feel like if I let them know where I am, then they're going to come after me for money, uh, <laughs> which, you know, is unfortunate because as, as you've obviously experienced, there are a lot of other functions that alumni relations offices play in the life of graduates. But I found that all the time. You know, you can, you can find better information. That's why when Facebook came into its own, I started using that as a, a very important tool to find out where people were and what they were doing. Right. So, you know, I'll, I got a promotion. They put that on Facebook. I'm like, fantastic. They're now working at Dale Carnegie. <laughs> <laughs> and today, the cultural... Culturally, I pulled people aside and say, hey, you need to update your LinkedIn profile. And I think that happens pretty often yes. as folks know someone has changed job. There is something I want to mention that is going to happen in 2018. It has started to happen. It is a, as of August of this year, LinkedIn pivoted to native video. So if, if you have your, your phone out, you can quickly shoot a, sh- a video straight into, into LinkedIn. That is new. And what will happen in 2018 is LinkedIn will potentially launch their own video channel. So you'll be able to pick up content right off of LinkedIn, much like uh, like Facebook is doing. Facebook is looking to start to produce their own uh, series of information. Of course, LinkedIn will be focused on business, which is, which is rather, rather smart. So look for that coming up in 2018. Also, if you're trying to reach your audience, do remember about uh, that, that, that native video function is there inside of LinkedIn. They are optimizing their algorithms to ensure that native video reaches more people. So it will appear higher in search results. And that algorithm, they'll do some work on that in 2018 as well to really improve that so that your feed 
really does feature what is most important to you. If your audience, if you'd like to push your video to your audience, make sure you're doing that inside LinkedIn as much as possible. Because again, that algorithm will push that to the, to the top of those searches. So what, the next thing that's happening in, in, um, in 2018 will be the integration into, into Microsoft. So we all know by now, hopefully everybody knows, Microsoft owns LinkedIn. And I am sure Microsoft didn't, did not buy LinkedIn to leave them on an island. So we're expecting in 2018 to see more integration if you use Outlook. Outlook is going to start pulling more content directly from LinkedIn on your contacts that you have, give you better career insights. And so if someone's looking for a new position, they can easily find that uh, those people that have similar interests will, uh, could potentially show up inside Outlook. There are also ways that the system will start to offer up. If, if I'm coming to see you, David, and I've got an appointment with you, it, the Outlook could potentially find ways that you and I are similar, that we have commonalities of, of things that uh, you and I can easily talk about. You and I, when we first met, I did not know that, that you were married and have kids. I'm married, have kids. We immediately have something in common. I think that would be pretty darn cool to open up my phone and be immediately notified. Oh, yeah, you know, here's David. He has kids and he's trying to figure out how to raise them and, and all those things. And that is, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ways that we can build relationships if we have that type of information. Now, I do know that uh, in what you do, David, that there are some things that you guys talk about at Dale Carnegie Training that could potentially help someone with really hmm, enforcing, enforcing is probably not the best word in this case, but really harnessing what is happening on social media so that someone could take that next step. What, what are those things that you do and, and how can you help somebody with that? Well, what, you know, certainly social media helps you um, build relationships because it gives you a starting point. Um, quite often, if you, if you run into a meeting you want, you're looking for some kind of common point to, to begin with. And social media can help you figure out what some of those common things are, where they went to school, where they used to work, um, how long they've been there, what city they lived in, all those kinds of things. So you can start to build some of that. Um, and even you, what kind of relationships you have in common. Oh, well, I both, we both know Mark or we both know Deborah. How did you meet him or her? Sure. So you can, start, you can start from there to build out. But I think some people make the mistake of is thinking that the social media can replace the work that you do to build a relationship. I think that's where, well, I... Wait, wait, you mean my social media can't close a sale? Sometimes it can, <laughs> but it, it takes a lot of work, you know, on that social media, just like it would in any other environment. It doesn't mean uh, because I am connected on LinkedIn or they're a friend on Facebook, that's not your friend who you went to college with right. or you grew up with. It's a completely different thing. I think this is a really, I think this is a big point. And you and I've talked about this. Social media can certainly help get you into more doors, can help build relationships. Social media is not going to close the sale. No. It can, it, it, it is there to reinforce. And I firmly believe if you do not have a really well-built social media, you don't have a plan. If you haven't figured out what your mission is, you don't know who your audience is, then you could lose a sale because you're not getting the right reinforcement, but it's not going to actually close that sale. You help people with that. Right. The social media will reinforce if, 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 I, if you or, or I go and meet someone uh, at a networking event or something, quite often what they'll do right. is say, you know, I had an interesting conversation with Mark. 
And then they'll go look at your LinkedIn profile and say, oh, this is what he did, blah, blah, blah. Now right. I know a little bit more about, about him and mm -hmm. his business. It's a very easy way to search for, for someone. And you can see what the background is and all, that, all those kinds of things about someone. So it's a very good place to start. But then you still have to go out and do the, the, the legwork and close that sale. You've got to still go out and meet the person. You've got to, to build that relationship. I remember when uh, I first started selling advertising years ago in New York. One of the first clients I called on worked for a, a phone company there. And she said, all of our advertising has to answer two questions. Who am I and why should I care? Mm -hmm. And like that. that's what your social media, particularly LinkedIn, needs to be able to, to save pretty easily. Who is, you know, who am I and why should the person reading this care? Deborah, you're chief marketing officer. Write that down. I will. <laughs> <laughs> And then when you, when you meet someone and you're trying to close the sale, that question really becomes important. Okay, who are you and why should I care mm -hmm. about your business? And quite, quite often what we do, uh, particularly salespeople are guilty of this, is you know, we spend all day with our product or service and you know, we know every bell and whistle and everything about it. But our customers don't. They just want to solve a problem. Right. And so we'll go in and we'll start talking about how wonderful our stuff is and it can, you know, do all this stuff and they don't care. They just features, 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 right? Do, right. You, do you guys talk about those things, features and benefits in your training? Is that something that comes up? Cause I, that, that was beat into my head when I was on the sales side. No, when, when we talk about more is trying to get the real reason someone is buying uh -huh. and not what they tell you. Um, the, an example is when somebody goes into, to buy a drill, what are they really buying? Is it a drill? Is it the bits? No, they're buying a hole in the wall. Oh, I love right. that. I did not get that. I was going to say, I like the yellow drill because it's just for some reason, I think their yellow is cool. But anyway. but, but even if you, if you really dig further than that, really buying the hole, the hole is the application that they want. What they really want is the cabinet installed because it's going to make the kitchen look great or right. the, you know, the dog house for, you know, fluffy or the new shelves or whatever it is. And it's the emotional reason that they're doing it is really what they're buying. Interesting. And so that's what you, uh, a good salesperson is really going to get to that emotional reason. And you sell to that. And you, we sell to that. And no matter what we're yeah. doing, that's how we get our, you know, that's how we get our customers to buy our products. That's how we get our kids to eat their vegetables. That's how we do yeah. all those things. We have to appeal to that emotional reason. That's why they're going to do something. You got your kids to eat the vegetables? Impressive. Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> that is really interesting. And, and I'm going to tell you, I would not have put that together. And I call myself a decent salesperson at times. So this is great knowledge. And if, if I'm interested in understanding more of this, what, what does Dale Carnegie do? How do, you, how do you impart that information on me? Well, there's a couple of different ways. We've got a lot of different platforms. We've got online. We've got books. We've got um, our our core um, classes that we teach. Uh -huh, okay. And what we talk about is there are, there are three stages. There's information, which, you know, you can read, but you really don't learn. You don't really learn just by taking in information. Right. I mean, we've all been to seminars where we, you know, oh, this was great. And we, you know, put the book on the shelf and, and that's that. The, what we do is it's, it's active learning. So you learn and you practice what you learn right there mm -hmm. in the course. Okay. So 
That's why people can make leaps in public speaking in our classes, because it's not theory about public speaking. You actually get a little theory, then you apply it, then you get feedback on what you did. Good. And it's active. So that's one of the reasons why you can change behaviors. And then in our time-space courses, it means you take one course Monday, then you come back the following Monday. You learn in session one, you've got a week to practice what you've learned. And then you come back in session two, you get some feedback on that. And you learn the next incremental thing that feeds on what you did in the first one. So that's kind of how we build that skill where it's not just shoveled in all at once, but you get to take in the information, you get to practice what you've learned mm-hmm. and then it, you repeat and repeat and repeat. And that's how you really get good at a skill. So it's really a laboratory. Yeah, you know, almost like what I would call in high school, in college is you got to you had to go in and practice it and you had to experiment and exactly it's interesting. Um, I've heard the name Dale Carnegie millions of times probably by now at, at, at my age. Who was Dale Carnegie and and why do we care about this book? How to win friends and influence people? Well, the the book was written. Um, Dale Carnegie had was born in Missouri and he grew up there, went to college there. And then he took a couple of sales jobs. He wanted to get out of Missouri. He wanted to you know, figure out how he could live a different kind of life than his parents did. And he started selling um, meat products in the Midwest and eventually got an opportunity to come to New York. And he started teaching the Dale Carnegie course at the YMCA in New York um, because none of the colleges in New York would let him in and teach the class. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... He, he started up with the Y and he got a percentage of the sales because uh, the, 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 the universities, he wanted a fee from the universities and they were like, no, we're not paying. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the, the Y said, sure, you can teach it. You know, you charge this and you can keep that much. And that was the only way that they would allow him to do it. Interesting. And he turned out he made a lot more money doing it that way. Wow. Sure. Then he owned the intellectual property, not Columbia or NYU or whatever school was in New York. As he started off, he was just teaching speaking, but he found out that what his students really needed was more self-confidence. Hmm. So he started talking about those things in his classes, and then more people would come, and he would spend more time on that, that the, really the public speaking part involved confidence, how to relate to people, how um, to smile, to stand up straight. So all those things wow. he learned in his classes as a laboratory, he gradually, eventually put into the book. Um, how to win fluent, how to win friends and influence people, and that's that's really the the genesis of that. Oh, that's fascinating. I, I did not know that. So, if I am, so here I am. I'm, I, you know, I've, I've optimized my social media. I feel like I've done a great job there. Um, I am. I've got a new position as a salesperson, and and I'm about to go out for my first week of sales, mm-hmm. right? And I run into you. Well, you know, maybe we have lunch. I would call you and say, hey, let's have some lunch. So you and I are right. sitting on lunch and I would ask you this. What is it that I don't know? What is it that I don't know about sales today? If, and, you know, and let's pretend nobody else is here. It's just you and I talking. <laughs> what would you tell me? What do you think I need to know right now? What we talked about earlier is you, you've got to take the time to figure out the real, the, the ultimate reason why your customer is buying. Okay. All right. So let's do this. This mm-hmm. is fun. Deborah's laughing. I really get into this first thing. So if I am, so here I'm trying to sell social media. I'd love to get more people to to join ePresence. Mm-hmm. So I need to start asking questions and probing questions. And are they, 
is there a script that I should develop or is this something that Deborah and I should sit and banner back and forth to try to figure out the way to, to get to the right path? What, what do you think we should do? Well, you, you want to understand who the, the customers that you want to serve. Good. And, you know, in a business like yours or in mine, you can say, well, anybody could be a customer, right? Anybody True, could have right. a LinkedIn page. Right. Um, anyone could take a Dale Carnegie course. But, and we would serve anyone who wanted to do that. But in sales, you're, some people are going to be more lucrative for you than others. Right. So you've got to figure out who it is that you really want to serve. Uh, when I worked at Bass Ale, we drew up this, um, basically this person that we want, that was our ideal customer. Mm-hmm. And so we always, whenever we did any marketing or anything, we'd say, well, but this and Ben was the person's name. Oh, would, literally, you gave him a name. You gave him a name. So would, would Ben be interested in this? Would Ben go to that event? Uh, and you have to think about your customer. Oh, would, if this is, if this is my ideal customer, um, who are they? You know, what are their demographics, psychographics, all that. But you have to understand why that customer is valuable to you. So when you go out and you build your LinkedIn page, you know what you want to, what kind of things you want to be on there. You know the kinds of people you want to be linked into because that's going to lead you to your ultimate customer. So I think that's, you have to know which pool that you're, you're fishing in before you decide all those other things. Good. And I think one interesting point about that is you, you are a very social and outgoing person. Mark and I uh, both also love meeting new people. And I'd say one of our challenges is, as you said, anybody could be our customer or client. And we then, you know, whomever we meet, we just get so engaged in learning about them and what they do, uh, which is all wonderful. But I, I do think for many of us in this kind of work, it's just very easy to to get distracted by meeting a lot of great people who certainly would not be a, an immediate client, but there's, oh, well, it's fun to learn their story and, and see right. how this all fits in. And, and of course, coming out of my background as well, you want to, you always want to keep doors open and bridges built and because you just don't know what's going to happen where that person could open a door for you. They may not be your client right now, but they may run into somebody who has that challenge that your service solves. So uh, we tend to invest a lot of time in in that, uh, and it's it's great fun. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's not a matter of shunning those right. people. Yeah. Who, right, right, yeah. Who can't be a customer right away? That's it's not that at all. But it's it's understanding where you want to spend your time. It's if someone who's not in your core comes to you, great. You'll take care of them, but you don't want to spend your time chasing those people who aren't in your core. It's just a matter of how you use the 24 hours you have in your day. Right. That's brilliant. Right. That's, That's so, brilliant. That is so true. So uh, we are at the end of our time. And, and really? I, and That's I, gone I, quickly. Up, yeah. I tell you what. Um, I, I do does. love, and I really, and, and a, no joke, David, I always love visiting you. He and I went to, a, we had a cup of tea one day and it, it was a three-hour cup of tea. We just <laughs> kept going like, on and on. That sounds like the cups of tea we have. Yeah, it's very true. So, David, what's so important is love to let people know how they can find you and and how they can find out more about the Dale Carnegie training. What where should people go? Atlanta.dalecarnegie.com is our website, and you can see all of the courses that we have. Our free downloads are available there as well, um, whether that course is online or in person. Perfect. And we've got courses in January coming up in Duluth, 
um, in our main office in Dunwoody, as well as in Kennesaw. Outstanding. Are you on LinkedIn? I am. And, and how can they find you on LinkedIn? How, how should they search for you? Uh, David Tanner at Dale Carnegie, and I'm the only one there. Perfect. Outstanding. Well, thrilled that you were able to join us today. Love to love the time we spend with you, and I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how people can find us here at ePresence. Uh, ePresence is, uh, you can find us at ePresence.me. That's ePresence.me because it's all about you. And you can find us on social media using the keyword ePresence. Uh, we are on uh, the web, as I've already mentioned. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and on LinkedIn just by searching for us using ePresence. You know, it's bittersweet. You have to end the show here in the in the holiday season, leading into uh, Christmas is coming this this following Monday. And for all of you that's celebrating other holidays, we wish you the best. Thank you for joining us here on How's Your ePresence. Don't forget that we broadcast live on the third Thursday of each month at 3 o'clock Eastern, but you can listen to any of our shows 24-7 by going to GwinnettBusinessRadioX.com, and you can also find us on iTunes. For more about ePresence, look for us online. And in the meantime, uh, Deborah Dietzler and I, Mark Galvin, are thrilled that you've joined us today, and we look forward to seeing you again here at How's Your ePresence on Business Radio X.